hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide. Dun, dun, dun. We have Brad McKenna with us from the library. Hello, Brad. Hello, Lisa. Well, it feels like we haven't been in these chairs for a while. It has well, been a while. that's not true, though. A month, it maybe? couldn't have been that long. I don't know. Anyway, today we're going to talk about phone stuff. We talk about phones a lot because many of us have them and use them. But today we're going to kind of focus on some unusual things about phones and more specifically phone calls, robocalls. Mm-hmm. How do we get rid of them? How do they even get access to do that kind of stuff to us? So we're going to talk about all of that. I do want to remind you this podcast is being produced at WCTV, Wilmington Community Television. So, Brad, where should we start this uh, phone stuff? Well, let's start with the emergency alerts because there's not much to talk about. There's a couple of things we should okay. hit straight, and that's it. <laughs> cool. Bring it on. So they're, they're officially called wireless emergency alerts, which is WEA, right? Okay. Um, and so it's, there's three different types. There is the... Uh, the weather alerts, so you see like flooding, flash floods, stuff yeah. like that. And there's amber alerts, which yep. is sadly useful. And right. then there's, there's the presidential alerts. Ooh. And so these are things that are broadcast through your, t- through your wireless provider from agencies. So the National Weather Service, and I can't remember what, for what the, the, who handles the amber alerts, but the national, company, national organizations, and they have agreements with all the wireless providers, and the wireless providers will send the alerts to the people in the geographic region. Okay. So, they, so if your phone connects to a cell tire in Wilmington and there's a weather alert for Wilmington, you will get it. But if I'm in a different city, I will not get it. So it's not like you're bombarding okay. everybody. Does that have to do with telling your phone the location? Yes. you know, a lot of times your phone says... This app would like to know where you are, and you say allow or don't allow. So yes and no. So okay. it's the same technology, right? So it's basically reporting your location to the cell towers, uh-huh. but the location services that the apps are asking for something is something that you can turn off, and so it denies okay. that app access to that feature. Yeah. But these things are set at the carrier level, and there's no you can turn off two of the three. Okay, which two can you, you can, turn you off? You can turn off the weather alerts yes. and the amber alerts. You can't oh. turn off the president. <laughs> so not going right. to go on that one. Okay, but so the amber alert, I thought you couldn't turn it off. You, can, you can now, yeah. All right, I, tell us just... about that. Not like you would want to, but there might be times, sure. let's say you're in church and an amber alert comes. Yeah. You might not want that or so, any other occasion where you might need quiet. So even turning off your phone volume, I suppose, would you yeah, still get amber alert? It. it will. Yeah, so okay. I think if your phone is off, you won't get it. You will get it when your phone turns back on. Which is always fun. Right. Scare yourself yes. to death. <laughs> okay, so if you're in a situation where you need to turn off the amber alert, I'm not endorsing doing that, but there might be times in your life when you may want to do that. How do we do that? You need to go into the notifications section of your phone. So it depends on whether you have an Android or an iPhone. And then is that in settings somewhere? Mm-hmm, yeah, it's in settings. Where is that? that so is. that's the little gear looking type yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's settings, notifications, government alerts, and then you can toggle off the Amber alerts, the emergency alerts, um, and and that's it. You can't turn. Like I said, can't turn off. The Too funny. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever gotten a presidential. I think they had warning. a warning. What, what would be the warning? What? Yeah, so it would be like um, national emergency. Uh, really? Like so, it, you were, I, when I remember growing up, you always had the uh, national broadcast system that sure, the, the noise. TV. Yeah, really annoying. Know, yes. So that was kind of, this is kind of taking over for that because more people have phones than TVs nowadays. So is it really him? The him we have right now yeah, right. that is going to be because he loves to tweet. Yes, why not? Right. Yeah. But would it be really him or would it be the government? Really? It's not really him. They call it a presidential 
thing. He would tell the guys right. something's up. We got to tell everybody the world's over, and that's how you would. Yeah, it so would it's work. a system it's really that they would use. He would tell them what to say, and they would say. All right, whoever. so it's a sub government agency mm-hmm. of the big situation. Right. It's not President Trump right. going to be <laughs> texting me or yeah. warning me. I hope not. Right. But who knows? He's kind of an unusual guy where it's it comes true. to media. So who knows? All right. So you can shut those off. Yep. The president, you cannot right. shut off. Okay. When you're done, obviously, you can go back into settings and just re-put it back yep. on. Tap the toggle switch, turn okay. it back on. One of the things I have trouble with a lot of times is when I load apps onto my phone and they're asking me for permissions and allowances. How do you know when it's safe to allow an app to use your stuff? And a lot of times they mm-hmm. put a lot of wording in there, too. And I just want to go ahead and say allow, mm-hmm. but I probably should read it. Because a lot of times they have third-party people yeah. where they send them your information can you explain a little bit about that yeah so the end user agreements uh, you basically have no choice whether you, if you want to use the app you have to agree to their services you can't like deny them access to it usually when you're installing it the modifications you get is that uh, the, this app is going to access your contacts or this app is going to access your phone or your your phone your uh, camera right. in order to, because they can interact between apps and those are what that's what the word that's what those notifications are we're talking about selling the data that's usually in the terms of service that nobody reads anyway so if they're so they're not really asking no telling telling, you really they're saying hey we're going to do this are you okay with that right and then you say yes if you want the app but that's a slippery slope because how do we really know from a transparency point of Mm. view what they're really doing with our stuff it depends on how badly you want to use the app, yeah. really. Definitely read what they say, and then if it makes you uncomfortable, don't use it. Don't install it. I know, but it's then tough. you really want to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, yeah, and I, I'll bet you in a few years, somebody's going to get in trouble for doing some bad oh, for stuff. Sure. I'm sure it's already going on. Yeah. With You know, we think, oh, it's just, you know, allowing da-da-da. And then they yeah. take all of your... What's the word I'm looking for? Your history. Because that's how you end up looking at a mattress one day and your email is flooded (laughs) with... It's crazy. Sometimes I like that, that they're helpful and they're finding me things. But other times when I just randomly look up something for somebody else, then it's stuck on me forever. And there's no way you can get rid of that, right? You can... So like a lot of the times what's happening is you're... um, If you're like an iPhone or if you have an Android phone and you're signed in with your Google account, it accesses your search history. You can actually go into your account settings and flush that history. Nice. That that might be a future show because you you have a little more control over over the information that's they have on you than than you used to think. Yeah, because that's kind of frustrating sometimes. Sometimes I don't mind, but after I've already made the purchase, like when I was looking for a car. (laughs) And yeah, and every day I would get, you know, and then I bought something. So now they're sending me more stuff that makes me feel like I might have not bought the right thing. Oh, this car is 3,000 less. I should have, you know, that's kind of frustrating as a consumer when you are purchasing a big ticket item and you do all that research, you feel like you've done the best you can Mm -hmm. and then they're sending you these things. I I don't like that. So anytime I go and make a big purchase, I'll go and flush my history so that I don't get things telling me, hey, you screwed up and you bought the wrong car, (laughs) right? Yes. All right, what's next on the hit parade? So robocalls. This Ooh, is everybody's this is, favorite. This is actually a great timing for because I just found an article. There's a press release from the FTC, uh, June 25th, saying that there's going to be multiple lawsuits uh, over companies that are robocalling illegally because the, the do not call list is supposed to prevent all those robocalls, right? And it does for legitimate businesses. But anybody who's not following the rules can set up a program to robocall. Yeah, and I found some stuff that said a lot of these guys, they use 
IP addresses that aren't traceable or that yeah. aren't really who they are. Mm -hmm. So they mask their true location, make mm -hmm. it appear they're calling from a legitimate or local number. That's happened to me a lot, too. Yeah. I'll see a 978-658, which mm -hmm. is kind of like a Wilmington exchange. And I'll think, oh, it might be somebody locally calling me yep. for something. But it almost never is. No. So now I'm just screening everybody yeah. and letting everybody go to voicemail <laughs> unless I know them, which is more work for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. so how do we get rid of these nasty, pesky robocalls? So there are apps you can install, uh, depending on who your provider is. You can also talk to your uh, your provider and, and see what kind of things they can do for you. Uh, the government is stepping in and looking to crack down that kind of stuff. Um, but the problem is the people that are the problem aren't bound by laws. And so there's only a few things right, that they can do. Right, because robocalls are legal. The mm -hmm. Federal right. Commission's uh, F FCC, our yes. friends, allows them some informational or non-commercial purposes, such as polling, political campaigning, and outreach by nonprofit groups. So those are allowed. And your dental office can call yeah, you and confirm reminders. an appointment. Mm -hmm. But those things you're saying yes to. I don't like the robocalls right. that are, hey, you're looking for a job. No, yeah. I'm not looking mm -hmm. for a job. Or, hey, this is Susan. I'm calling mm -hmm. you about that $10,000 loan. Right. You know, if I were more afraid than I already am in life, <laughs> I might think something was up. Yeah. I've even gotten ones that claim to be from the IRS, too, oh, yeah. which are really scary. And yeah. I'm thinking of our elderly population yes. and how that might be really frightening to them. Yeah. So some of the warning signs that this is a robocall that you're getting is you receive an automated sales call from a company you've not given your contact or consent to. You get a pre-recorded message that tells you to Press one or some other key to be taken off the call list. Uh, so that's a tricky one yeah. because I have done that yeah. in the past. Thought, oh, good, this will take me off the yeah. list. But no, it just really gives them your information. Or yeah. I've gotten ones where they say with a text, write the word stop. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I know what that's to say valid, that. but uh, in some cases, you you can unsubscribe that way, but usually not. No, right. The message offers you goods or services <laughs> for free or at a suspiciously deep discount. The message says you owe back taxes uh, or unpaid bills. I have had that, and it's uh, very frightening sure. when you hear that, even though you know that you're okay or you yeah. assume you're okay. But we know the IRS doesn't contact people like that. No. It would not do robocalls, no. I don't think. Yeah. Um, the message says you've won a big lottery or sweepstakes prize and tells you to press a key or call a number to claim it. So some of the do's that AARP is suggesting if this happens to you is hang up on them. Mm -hmm. uh, add the numbers to the FTC's National Do Not Call Registry, which is National Do Not Call Registry, HTTPS, uh, colon, backslash, backslash, www.donotcall.gov, backslash. I'm sure you can look that up. Yeah, just Google it. <laughs> um, it won't stop the calls, but it will make them easier to spot yeah. because most legitimate telemarketers won't call numbers on the registry. So that's something. Right. You know? um, do explore free and low-cost call blocking options, mm -hmm. such as apps and services that screen calls and weed out spam and scams, and ask your phone service yeah. provider if it offers any such tools. Do verify the caller. If the robo claims to be from Social Security or your bank, hang up and look up the real number for mm -hmm. that entity. Call and ask if they've contacted you. I like to use reverse lookup quite yeah. a bit. And what's nice about reverse lookup, so you type that into Google, it shows up, you put the number in, it will tell you other people that have had yeah. complaints or problems with this number. Yeah. So you can kind of get a sense of, oh, okay, this looks like it might be a scam number or this looks like it might be one of those you've won a vacation to Hawaii type <laughs> ones. So that's pretty good if you can use reverse lookup and that's free yeah. report the scam calls to the proper authorities 
Uh, the more of us report them, I guess the faster we'll yeah. get them all removed. Who has time to do that? Right. Not me. Review a company's privacy policy before you give it permission to call you. You might be authorizing them to share your contact information, which I am sure I have done. Mm-hmm. Yep. The don'ts, AARP says, don't answer the calls. How are you? Jeez, that's tough. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, gosh, you could miss an important call that way. The FCC recommends letting them go to voicemail. Most of the time, my phone has scam likely. It will come oh, up yeah. as that, yeah. which is nice. Yep. Um, I don't know why it does that, but it's, I'm you have an glad app it solved. does that. Yeah. I must. I don't know. <laughs> uh, whatever it does, I like yes. it. But the other ones, I, they don't tend to leave a voicemail for you if it's a scam call, usually. Yeah. Don't press any keys or say anything in response to a pre-recorded message. This lets the scammers know yours is a working number, and that will lead to more spam calls. Don't follow instructions to speak to a live operator. This will likely transfer you to a call center for an aggressive sales pitch or Oof. a fishing expedition for money scams. And don't judge a call by caller ID alone. Oh, I'm so guilty of that. Scammers mask their location by tricking your phone into displaying a legitimate government or corporate number or one similar to your own, a practice called neighbor spoofing. Oh, interesting. Ooh, that's a nice term. So that's what they suggest. And then there are lots of uh, resources that I will give to Brad for places you can go and talk to the FCC. So that's how you get rid of some of that stuff. But I don't think we're ever going to be able to really eliminate it. No. no, it's like spam email, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. just more dangerous with verbal And I calls. wonder how much they must, I, I should have done some research on this, maybe we will another time. Those guys that do that must get some return on it or they yeah. wouldn't be doing it. It's casting a wide net, right? Yeah. It's so easy to set up these Figuring if they apps. get at least three out yeah. of the thousand. But still, I, we're all pretty savvy these days to these things. So I can't imagine... Why anybody would do that. Now, if you answer the phone and you end up giving them information, that's bad, too, because then they're going to go on and maybe steal your identity and things like that. So that's probably why you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's tough. It's tough to answer the phone anymore because the majority of calls are like It used spam. to be fun, yeah. Brad. When I first got my phone, none of this existed. I can remember when, you know, of course, at home, you get a cabillion calls like sure. that. You know, hey, I'm coming by. I want to check your chimney. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but initially, cell phones didn't have that. You didn't get robocalls on your cell right. phone initially. Right. But now, yeah. you can't. Making up for lost time. That's what I wonder doing. what's <laughs> going to happen with that when they crack down on these guys. We'll have to do a follow-up on that. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the regulations for what you can do will change. Because, you know, I know, like, uh, the laws for if you owe debt, let's say. They can't call you at work. They can't call, mm-hmm. you know, after 9 or 10 o'clock at night or something like that. Right. Maybe some new guidelines will be set yeah. from all of this that will be like, you can't call between these hours and these hours or... You know, you can't call over 60 times in a day <laughs> or something. Another thing, too, is I guess if they're using all different numbers and it's the same entity, it's only going to, you know what right. I mean? Like, let's say you own the company yeah. and you have 70 numbers. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that's just, it's more than one call. It's Yes. So that's... It's tough to track down, right? Yeah. The spoofing, all the IP spoofing. Bad, very bad. Yeah. Very bad. I don't know anybody that likes robocalls. And I don't think I've ever had one that's helped me, actually. Not no, one that's not, made not, me yeah, think about anything legal or ones, anything I know. need. The reminders no. are in, are handy from like your doctor's appointment or something. Yeah, those, those, those are, are technically cool. robocalls. Those are nice. I like those. Yeah. Sure. All right. What else we got today? So just, I think we just want to talk a little bit about no, phone notifications. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. 
So uh, it depends on it depends on what kind of phone you have, uh, how many notifications you get. But you, usually, when you're installing an app, one of the options is: Would you like to allow notifications? Push notifications. Uh, yes. So the what push, is a push notification? Push notification is when uh, it, it's given to you without asking for it, and so. Um, that means the little red number that's being pushed out to you. A pull notification, we go in the app and like refresh it and pull information from the app manually. So the push notification is them telling me, because I get these all the time, yeah. flash sale, run down and buy some shoes. I get those a lot. Yeah. The other notification you're talking about, what is that? So that's just uh, when you like go into your email yes. and, and you like hit the refresh button or something, that's a pull pull notification. So oh. that's when you're actually doing it. It's no, it's manual, right? So but that's your choice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, the other one is just you've agreed you. <laughs> as part of using right. their app to right. allow them to do that. I usually tell people to don't allow because if, if you want to know, go in and you can pull them it's very frustrating sure. and you know usually at work of course I have my phone off mm-hmm. but your eye catches that blink and you're oh, like God, oh yeah. gosh what is that and you yeah. look and it's you know you need to go buy cat litter seriously really <laughs> you know thank you but no thank right. you so I guess we should obviously which we all know take our time when we're yeah. installing these apps to see what mm-hmm. we're actually allowing the phone right. to do because I blame the phone all the time but most of the time it's <laughs> my fault for Some, saying yeah, yes. sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah what other kinds of notifications can we get on there so i mean that's that's really that's it right so you the you know, um uh, the wireless alerts those are notifications like operating system alerts uh same thing right so like your when you need to upgrade your os version that's a push notification from your operating system and so there's different levels to the notifi- notifications so you can there's the notifications in your settings which is the highest level which you can usually turn off the push notifications um, and then every app will have, like, inside the app, it will have a settings right. with the notification right. settings. Because I was going to say, knowing me, I would just go in and shut them all off. <laughs> and then I'd be like, well, wait a minute, where's my weather thing, right? right. So you want to do it on a case-by-case basis. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, if you, and if you decide to change your mind later, it's just as easy as right. doing the process again. So right. that's why I usually, like, tell people, you know, keep, start small. Don't, notif- don't allow all notifications. Everybody right. can come to the party. <laughs> no, no. And I, we've talked before, too on our, um, I think our spring cleanup thing mm. that you should probably look at your phone every maybe three or four months or so, yeah. kind of see what you've put on there, mm-hmm. see what you don't need anymore because some apps you're just using for a time being because you're into something. Right. Like I had all these car apps sure. on my phone. They're all gone now. Yes, good, good. Took them all <laughs> off. But you can do that, go through and look because doesn't all of that kind of eat up Space on your phone. So you have once you install an app, the app takes space on your phone, yeah. and then um, yeah, you run out. You run out of space, and whether it stores local information as well, that's even more space being used. And the more full your phone is, the slower it will respond. So you want to keep okay, it clean. Okay, so that's another thing. Oh, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. But that's another thing too. If your phone seems to be acting up or slow, yeah. maybe it's because you put too much too stuff on yeah. there, or you've allowed too many notifications, yeah. or too much stuff. So maybe it's not a bad idea to sort of do like a closet cleaning on your yeah. phone. Speaking of clean phones, so I found <laughs> something kind of cool that this I want to share with you guys. So there's something out there called uh, phone soap for phones or soap phone. It's a uh, product that you can purchase. It kind of looks like when you go on a trip or traveling or camping, you get a little plastic case to put your soap in, right? So it kind of looks like that, and it uses UV to clean your phone. They mm. recommend once a week. I probably <laughs> would want to do it every day now that I've been thinking about it because I never thought about all the bacteria that's on your phone. And they say that your phone 
has the equivalent of the bacteria of 18 times what a toilet seat would have on it. Oh, lovely. Yeah, <laughs> good to know. So uh, these products, there are lots of different types. Amazon has them. But it's a pretty cool thing. I had never heard about it. I don't mm. know that no, we had bread. Reasonably um, priced. You know, you can get a two-pack because obviously most of us have one or two devices, right? Um, but I never thought about, yes, I've cleaned my screen before because fingerprints are on mm. it, but I never thought about your phone goes everywhere. Yeah. And they were saying it's like a Petri dish for your phone because think about it, you're putting yeah. it in your pocket, oh nice and dark and warm and moist, yeah. <laughs> yippee, just the perfect place for bacteria to live and breed. And I never really gave that much thought. So sure. that's a product that's out there. So not only cleaning your phone from the internal workings, mm -hmm. but from the outside too. And it's a pretty quick process. It's supposed to take about 10 minutes. Um, you know, people you slip the phone in there, you shut it, it does the 10-minute cycle, and then it's clean. You know, some of the um, manufacturers were saying once a month, but boy, the more I got to thinking about it, I don't even think once a week is enough. Uh -huh. But I don't know what that would do to your phone over time. So what I always like to do is read the reviews. Amazon has quite a few on there, so you can see if that's something for you. But if you hadn't thought about your phone being dirty like I hadn't until yesterday, um, that might be something you want to look into. Yeah, especially if you have kids too. Oh, good. Yeah. So because one thing I'll say. A lot say, of bacteria and germs on there. One thing I'll say, kind of like a tangential for here, that one is don't use any of those um, sprays with alcohol on oh, your touchscreen because right. no. it will ruin your touchscreen. So if you're looking, if you're skeeved out now and want to clean your phone, yeah. don't use anything abrasive yep. on your on your touchscreen because it'll I, it'll I make it not. I think work. I read somewhere that they want you to use um, a microfiber cloth. Yes, a microfiber cloth yeah. and sixty percent water and forty percent spray. Or something like that. Is that what that. it is? I yeah, is you really have to want. dilute it because yeah. you want to get something off, something off. Like if there's, you know, right. like, like grease or something on there. Something or like come jam because yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking kids, peanut butter and jelly yeah. or, yeah. So just be careful with that. But um, yeah, cleaning my phone is not something I ever really yeah. thought I, about, I'm always hesitant so. with like new technologies that seem like we're overlooking something and why didn't we think of this before? Um, but I mean, in this case, maybe it's valid. I just mm -hmm. do wonder about the long-term effects on the phone. Um and the fact that you can buy a two-pack for what was like 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, so. with some of them were cheap, but um, the phone soap itself, uh, let's see, there's one for $119. That's mm. an extra large one. It says it kills 99% of germs and bacteria. I'd love to know how they test that. Yeah, really. Um, and then there's a two-pack also for 152 bucks. So not too oh, bad. I don't know what the, you know, I'm not endorsing this product. Right. I don't know what the shelf life is. I don't know if it will kill your phone, but I know that it will kill the bacteria. There you go. That I know for sure. Shall we do some food for thought? Sure. And now it's time for your technology tidbit, food for thought. So I want to take it back to the wireless, the, the wireless emergency alerts. So the first attempt at a national, nation, nationwide alert system was the National Emergency Alarm Repeater, or NEAR, because we have to have an acronym. Um, it was developed shortly after World War II, and it was made up of buzzers people plugged into their, their outlets wow. uh, and were triggered by a unique high-frequency electrical cu uh, current transmitted across the national power grid by 500 specially designed warning signal generations. Due to the fact that it only buzzed and didn't contain any other information... It was scrapped. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, I don't, I, I'm just imagining yeah. being in my house and this thing going off and not knowing what it, it is. What's going and on? And I'm still surprised that we do those emergency lit, uh, emergency thing tones oh, you know, the in the middle of your TV. System, I'm yeah. surprised that still gets done too. You and the way that the they system, do it. Right? You know? Yeah, because it's still phone, uh, yeah. it's still TV, right? Right, right. Yeah. And then I've seen movies where the emergency broadcast system alert comes on. Oh, interesting. And it's in a movie where it's an apocalyptic movie. Oh, of course. But you don't hear the tone. 
it tells you the scary information. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I better be glad for the tone because that means nothing bad's happening. They're just testing it. Right. And that's why they write it all over the screen. Testing, yes. don't panic. You know, but it's true. If, if someday it doesn't buzz, yeah. then we're going to know that something's, something's going happening. down. Yeah. Of course, you'll get the presidential notification on your phone right. first. Right. right. And that's with every phone, by the way, that's already installed. And every phone that exists yeah, is just it's, there. You it's at the carrier level, so there's nothing you have it. to install. Now, would that work in other countries? Um, I'm in France, and I, I want my so, president to tell me that, you know, New York is attacked. I don't know. I bet you it doesn't. I'll bet I, you it only can go so far. You probably have to have partnership with the, those foreign governments because they interesting. you have to use the cell towers hmm. in the physical location. Interesting. So that's an interesting point. Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess if it's a national I emergency. I mean, would I want to know if Saudi Arabia, something was going on? Maybe yeah. I would. Yeah. Probably someday they'll just have one button for that yeah. and you can just talk to everybody, right? <laughs> that's coming to the internet, you. All right. So we got some other good shows coming up for you. What are we going to do next, do we think? We think we're going to do... I think do... next we, we've had a couple of questions about Dropbox and, yes. and Slack. So a couple yes. of this, another, another kind of potpourri episode. Yes. All right. So thank you once again, Brad McKenna, for being with us. Can you tell the folks about the companion page? Sure. So I have a list of all the previous episodes and, of course, the current episode on uh, the Wilmington Library site. So it's wilmlibrary.org slash BDD. And you can see everything that Lisa and I have done. Cool. All right. You can always go visit Brad if you need more help, which I'm going to go do in a couple of days. <laughs> but anytime you want to go by and see him, you can just call and make an appointment and he'll give you some one-on-one tutoring. He'll help you with your phone if you bring that down, other devices, whatever yep. you need. He is your go-to guy for that. Just reminding you, this podcast was produced at WCTV, Wilmington Television, and we will see you next time.